This episode of Dean Bakari's Meaningful Show is brought to you by Flashbooks, where you can get best-selling business and self-improvement book summaries that you can read or listen to in under 20 minutes. To learn more and get started for just a buck today, visit www.getflashnotes.com. Welcome to the Meaningful Show podcast, where every single week we work to bring you an inspiring insight, idea, or interview to help you live better, work better, and be better both in life and in business. Brought to you by MeaningfulHQ.com, we've got one very simple goal here on this show, and that is to help you do more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Dean Bakari, and if you're ready, then I'm ready. So let's get into it. What are we talking about today? Today's topic of discussion is communication. Specifically, six ways to elevate your life by elevating your communication. Communication is a fascinating topic to me because, you know, when you stop to think about it, the fact that we have evolved as a human species to develop the concept of what we call communication is nothing short of incredible when you stop to think about it. Verbal speech originated half a million years ago. That is to say, the first human being who uttered words with an intention to make himself understood to another human being, that happened 500,000 years ago. Symbols came along about 30,000 years ago. And then you want to fast forward to circa 2018, and here we are communicating with each other across the globe, using technologies like the internet to connect with each other. It's crazy. A lot has happened between the very beginnings of communication to where we are today. Now we've got radio, audio, video. We've gone from symbols to Skype. We've gone from actual FaceTime to FaceTime on our phones. We've gone from chiseling text into stone to tapping out texts on the phone. We have regular books. We have audio books. These are all forms of communication. This podcast you're listening to right now is a form of communication. And we've even got satellites floating around in space right now, some billion light years away, all in hopes of making contact, communication with something, aliens, that we've never seen before, which is highly likely. The more and more we learn about space and the universe at large, it's very likely that there's something out there. And I'm sure at some point, who knows when, we'll find it and we'll make contact and hopefully they won't crush us all into smithereens. And so these are all these are all examples of communication. They're channels of communication that have dramatically transformed our way of life. But in its most intimate form, communication happens with ourselves, happens with the person you're looking at in the mirror every morning. It's that voice in your head telling you that you're not good enough or smart enough or successful enough, or that very same voice telling you that you are good enough, that you are smart enough, that you are successful enough. It's a choice. And it starts with communication. What exactly is communication? Well, in short, communication is the act of transferring information and ideas from one place to another place. And if we plan to live the most meaningful, successful, fulfilling life that we possibly can, then it makes sense to learn to communicate as effectively as possible, both with ourselves as well as with others. And this is where Self-development comes into the picture. Self-development and communication. These are two areas of life that are inextricably connected to one another. You really can't optimize one without the other. Let's say, for instance, you want to improve your health. That's a self-development area. How are you going to do it? 
Well, that starts with a clearly articulated goal, a health goal. That means you need to communicate that, at least to yourself, if not someone else. Let's take another area of self-development, relationships. Let's say you want to improve your relationship with your significant other, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. How are you going to do it? You'll need to start with communication. And how about your personal and professional goals? You want to climb the ladder? You want to start a business? You want to quit your job, go into another career? What do you want to do? Clearly, these require goals, and goals are a big part of self-development. But where did your goals come from? Where did they come from? Well, in order for a goal to be a goal in the first place, it needs to be clearly articulated and committed to paper. That's communication, baby. That's communication. Even if the only person you communicate your goals to is yourself, it's still important to communicate them clearly so that you know what you're striving for. And so what I've learned from studying this area of self-development and communication, self-motivation for nearly a decade now is that masters of life in any area are also masters of communication. You can't have one without the other. And so that said, here are a few communication strategies, six to be specific, that you can begin to implement immediately within your own life to help you improve your life, to achieve your goals, and to grow yourself in the process. You ready to dive in? Let's do this. Communication strategy number one is words backed with emotion. Words backed with emotion. If I took a little straight pin and tossed it at your chest, just flicked it with my finger at your chest, what would happen? It would bounce right off and drop to the floor. But if I took that same straight pin, positioned it right onto your chest, and then I hit the opposite end of it with a hammer, it would pierce right through your heart. Your words are the pins. Your emotions are the hammer. You get what I'm saying? If you want to inspire yourself or anyone else in life, you want to use words backed with emotion. It'll transform your life completely. If you're a leader, it'll make you a better leader. If you are a homemaker, it'll make you better at that. It will make you an incredibly better communicator than if you did not use emotion. Can you imagine? I mean, just let's just think about what I just said to you right now. Imagine if I took the emotion out of it. Tip number one, words backed with emotion. If I took a little straight pin and tossed it at your chest, it would bounce right off and drop to the floor. You know, nobody would listen to me if I didn't have emotion backed up into the words that I'm saying. So that's how powerful emotion is. It can inspire people to get up and change their lives. It can inspire people to follow you. It can inspire people to work with you, work for you, join your team, join your cause. And so remember that if you want to drive a point home, back it up with emotion. Back up your communications with emotion. Communication strategy number two, the difference between saying I get to do versus I have to do. How much of your day is spent doing things that you have to do as opposed to doing the things that you get to do? In my experience, the people who have built the most fulfilling, most successful life for themselves are those that spend the majority of their time in the I get to zone. 
And this isn't because they've gotten really good at delegating all of their have-to-dos, although it's true to a certain extent, but it's really because they've redefined the way that they perceive their lives. They have structured the words that they use. They frame their language such that they don't think about the stuff that they have to do. Because if you keep on thinking about, I have to go to work today, I have to sit in traffic today, I have to do the laundry, I have to take out the trash, I have to do change this diaper, you're not going to be in a good mindset. You're going to feel drained. You're not going to feel energetic. You're going to feel like you're being taken, right? Like somebody's taking your soul away from you when you say, I have to do. Who wants to have to do something? But on the other hand, if you put on the lens of I get to do, even when you're doing things that you wouldn't necessarily usually feel like you would want to do, that you would get to do, right? It doesn't necessarily always put a smile on your face when you got to take out the trash or when you've got to change a dirty diaper. But if you say, you know what, I get to do this, then sometimes you'll come up with reasons to feel grateful for having done so. Reasons to feel grateful for changing your child's diaper because now you've got a clean baby right here. Maybe you shared a moment giggling and laughing while you were changing the diaper. Maybe when you say, I get to take out the trash right now on your way to the trash bin, you start thinking about how glad you are that you're staying disciplined with this and that you're maintaining a clean and healthy household for yourself and your family, right? When you say, I have to, those reasons don't pop up. Of course, they're not always going to pop up. You're not always going to feel good about it. But when you say, I get to, you increase the likelihood of that happening in your life. And you just have a better overall mood about yourself. Your mindset is right. Your energy is right. You're more optimistic about yourself and you have more energy for yourself throughout the day. And so adopt the mindset of I get to versus I have to. And again, the idea here is to speak in a manner that puts the responsibility squarely on you. You want to put yourself in charge. You want to give yourself the control. And of course, you don't have to do this, but if you choose to do so, It'll make a meaningful difference in your sense of well-being, self-confidence, self-control, self-development, of course, communication. Let's move on to number three. Communication tip number three is to inject examples into your communication. You know, it's been said that if somebody can't explain something with simplicity, then they don't understand it themselves. And I agree. I'd also add that if someone can't explain something with examples and simplicity, then they don't understand it themselves either. For example, when I look at my most popular articles, podcasts, audio trainings, talks, the ones that resonate the most with people are the ones that contain examples. Another example, at one of my businesses, Flashbooks, we've got specific guidelines for all of our writers with regard to how to write our book summaries. And although I've got an awesome team of writers, sometimes, like all of us, they forget to follow the guidelines. So what do I do? Do I tell them to shorten their sentences and decrease the grammatical errors and blah, 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 blah? No, I give them specific examples of what they did wrong and exactly how they can do it better. You can do the same thing. Pepper more examples into your conversations and communications. You'll visibly notice that the light bulbs on the other side are turning on. The light bulbs are going to be turning on in the minds of your listeners and you'll be able to see it if you can provide them with more examples. Communication tip number four, eloquence is no substitute for intention. You know, some people speak really, really well, 
but they don't say a goddamn thing, do they? They speak well, they don't say a lot. Maybe you've seen it. You watch someone speak with eloquence and elegance, but without conviction, without intention. All filler, no killer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Their delivery might be polished, but did they communicate anything valuable to you? When you communicate, the idea is to communicate with intention or don't even communicate at all, right? Communicate with your heart or don't do it at all because when your intentions are in the right place, you know what? You can even get away with a few stumbles and stammers in your speech because your audience, whether it's an audience of one or an audience of 1,000, they know you're not bullshitting them. If you communicate with your heart, with intention, and they can feel it, then It doesn't matter if you mess up a little bit, if you stumble over your speech, if you can't get it exactly right, and it doesn't sound super smooth and polished. Because if you're there, if you're present, and you're passionate, and you give a damn about what you're saying, then that is far more powerful than a perfectly polished communication. So keep that in mind as well. Eloquence is no substitute for intention. Ideally, of course, you want to have both, right? But if you need to choose one, Always go with intention. Number five, communication strategy. Number five, communication is a skill. Communication is a skill. Picasso produced 50,000 different pieces of art before he died. Stephen King writes every single day, no matter what. Both men found out that the real secret to greatness was actually very, very simple. It was all about output, rinsing and repeating, wax on, wax off. That's how they became great. That's how they developed their skills. Effective communication works the same way. Most things in life actually work the same way. It's a skill. It requires practice. And no, practice isn't going to ever make you perfect, right? But there is no such thing as perfect anyway. Practice, though, does make progress. And that's what you want to aim for. You want to aim to become a little bit better than you were yesterday. You want to practice so that you could become 1% better today as compared to what you were yesterday. Just get a little bit better. And that's what practice is for. And before you know it, you'll wake up one day and you'll realize, wow, you know, how did I hone this skill? How did I develop this? Well, it didn't happen overnight. The progress was slow and steady, but eventually compounded over time. Boom, here you are, dynamic communicator. And there are tons of ways to practice your communication, by the way. You can practice in your head, right? You can go over it in your mind's eye. You can practice in your office. You can practice with other people. For a long time, I used to practice doing motivational speeches in front of a mirror. I also used to practice on video. I'd set up a video camera and then I would go and pace back and forth and I would practice giving a speech or a talk or a lecture and that way I would notice if I was making any stupid gestures or if I wasn't pacing properly or if I looked nervous or fidgety. And that's how you tweak and adjust and enhance your performance and your communication skills. And of course, you don't obviously don't need to practice your communication skills while you're doing anything and everything. You don't need to do it while you're ordering your lunch at the drive-thru or anything like that. But there are certain times where practice matters. You want to practice communicating when it counts. If your wedding vows are coming up, it's probably a good idea to practice them a few times over so you don't embarrass yourself on one of the most important days of your life. If you scheduled to deliver, if you're scheduled to deliver a lecture to a large group of people, you should practice. 
If you want to become a better salesperson, you need to look at every lost sale as a great opportunity to hone and practice your skills. You want to role play with your other coworkers and other salespeople. If you're a single guy or girl who wants to find your next boo, well, you need to practice your conversation skills. And so the bottom line here is this. You just want to remember that when it comes to communication and really anything else in life, it's about practice. It's about practice. Practice makes progress. Not perfect, but progress. And that's the goal. Getting better. So remember Mr. Miyagi's advice. Wax on, wax off. Practice your communication skills regularly. And then finally, the final communication strategy I'm going to share with you is this. Communicate for precision, not for ego. Some people cover up their lack of knowledge about something by injecting big words in their communications and their conversations with other people. And it backfires because it makes them look like idiots. And I hear people doing this all the time. You've probably run into it as well. And the key here is to prevent yourself from getting into this is to make sure that whether you're writing or speaking or conversing, just remember that simplicity is key. Don't use a word like esconst when you could simply say comfortable. This isn't to say, of course, that you shouldn't use complicated language at all. My view on it is this. You want to focus on precision. Focus on precision. If there's only one word, for instance, to describe what you need to describe, then use it, even if the difference is subtle. Be precise in all your communications. But remember, the goal in any communication is not to stroke your ego, but to take whatever it is that you've got in your head and transfer it into the heads and hearts of whomever is listening to you. Keep that in mind and you will be able to successfully implement this final idea on communicating effectively. Now, before we go, some book recommendations. Reading about communication really helped me learn some basic mechanics and principles of how to do it effectively. And so I'm just going to recommend three books. There are a lot. Honestly, there are a lot. I had a tough time even just narrowing it down to three, but here we go. And you can pick these up and some of which we also have the notes for over on getflashbooks.com. But the first book that I'm going to recommend for you is Stand and Deliver by Dale Carnegie. Second book I'm going to recommend to you is Leading an Inspired Life by Jim Rohn. And the final book I'm going to recommend to you, which is a book that I just recently picked up and honestly, phenomenal book, not just in terms of communicating with yourself and other people, but really communication in every element of life. It's called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg. If you got to get one book from this list, from these three, make this your first one, honestly. And I don't know if I'm saying that because it's got the newness factor and I just recently read it and Stand and Deliver and the uh, Leading and Inspired Life, the first two I recommended, I read a long time ago and they certainly had a massive impact on my life, especially after I implemented the ideas that they shared in the book. But, you know, this nonviolent communication is awesome, especially if you are in a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations that are a little uncomfortable and you want to be able to diffuse them and resolve them elegantly and quickly without anybody being pissed off afterwards, <laughs> then this is the book that's going to help you guide yourself through that, through those conversations. Bonus. 
that comes to mind, a bonus book is called Crucial Conversations. That's also a great book on communication. And so just remember, if you want to achieve anything in your life, just to wrap it up here, you got to be capable of communicating it well. If you tee up a bunch of fuzzy self-development goals, maybe you'll hit them. Maybe you won't. But if you tee up some specific goals that communicate exactly what you're after, why you're after it, how you're going to get there with specificity, then your chances of hitting those goals go up dramatically. So start now by setting one well-communicated self-development goal for yourself, whether that has to do directly with communication and developing it or whether that has to do with some other area of your life. Either way, you got to be able to communicate this goal very, very well. And if you can do that, then your likelihood of taking action and succeeding will skyrocket and my job will have been done for today. So go out there every single day and keep on living like you give a It's Dean. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you found this episode inspiring or if anything else you've heard on the show has helped you or made an impact on your life in any way, I'd really appreciate it if you showed me a little love with a quick review over on iTunes or on whichever podcast platform you tune into the show on. Every single review helps us reach and inspire more people to live like they give a damn. Listen, if you've got self-help questions of your own that you'd like me to answer live on the podcast, hit me up over at MeaningfulHQ.com. You can submit them over on the contact page, or you can just shoot your questions directly to me at questions at DeanBakari.com. Thanks again so much for subscribing, sharing, and tuning into the show. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's because of you and tens of thousands of other listeners from around the world tuning in every single week, week after week, day after day, that we are able to continue creating content to help you crush it and make an impact in your life and at work. So thank you for being part of this and continuing to share the podcast with your friends, your family, and anyone else you think it could help. Until next time, this is Dean Bakari telling you to go out there every single day and live like you give a damn.